The LinkedIn mandarins offer you two ways to manage disliking your job. One is to find your mission or your passion, and the other is to pay attention to your work-life balance. If you hate your job, you find something that seems more worth doing, in other words, or you plan on working less. Read closely, both of these turn out to be management Esperanto for we concede that we're not the same as our jobs. And that's reasonable because neither strategy works for very long. This is Duncan Fisher, your friend at No Sermons, that sort of weekly podcast series on spirituality for regular people. I have much to say about this. I spoke the other day, I think it was in the last podcast, of the false self, which is vocabulary that was given to us by Richard Rohr. He's the popular Franciscan you see on Oprah a lot. And this ego-driven conceptualization of work that, at least partly, is just an extension of us. But it's not what we are. I think I said that this false self isn't actually a bad thing, as false may connote. The person you've built yourself to be, and most of the time that's about work, isn't evil, and it isn't in some way deceptive. It, it is functional, and for what it is, it's reasonable, this false self. But it is a contrivance. So is the job landscape, LinkedIn included, in general. Organized work is a cooperative exchange of time for food, pretty much, and we've all got to eat. Work also mints prestige, if you do it better than other people do, and it offers bonuses as a kind of superiority system. Some work is better than other work, and so you cooperate. Well, the living part of you is bigger than even the best of work arrangements. It's more enduring, and it's more complex, and it's more authentically you than the limited artificiality of the workplace. It's your true self, and it is indeed truer in every sense. So the question arises, how should your true self, whoever that is, relate to your jobsworthy and false self? Well, Paul of Tarsus spoke of the first half of his life when he was still Saul, the international business contractor to the Roman army and the vigilante enforcer of religious orthodoxy as a time of misery, grand and exalted as that life was. And then suddenly he wasn't like that. When he was pushed out of his comfort zone, you can read about this in Acts 9, he found eventually joy. And he said, to his surprise, he was given the secret of real happiness, and it wasn't work. What was it? Well, in his words, he discovered that his identity was, and always had been, in someone bigger and truer and more everlasting than his LinkedIn job profile ever could have been. His contemporaries perceived this in him, too. His jailers venerated him. 
and the fractious and growing church listened to him closely for guidance. These were people who had reviled his old self as he reviled it. In his new life, he did talk about work just once. His perspective on that, not surprisingly, had changed. He said, look, the purpose of working is to have something to share. Those are his words. Maybe I'll talk in another post about working as self-reliance, which is a virtue that many of us think is in the Bible, but actually isn't. It was simply to have something to share, to pass around. And Paul didn't stop working, though he did change what he did for a living. But more to the point, he put work and the ego-driven construct that it is into better perspective. Well, that's all I have for today. Thank you very much for listening, and be good, everyone. Bye.